Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. is going on everybody welcome into underground sports philadelphia episode number 456 it's kb and matt coming at you from underground studios got a lot to dive into between the phils the sixers the union we got it for you so make sure you guys are following us on the socials as well so you can keep up to date with everything we got going on here at underground phi on twitter and instagram Follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castarina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com, for all of our written content. Subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We are there. And, of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. We're on that road to 1K, baby. Keep subscribing. Smash that like button. Ring the bell icon so you don't miss a single second of Underground Sports Philadelphia content, and be a friend, tell a friend, share the YouTube channel with your people. Big thank you to our sponsors who make this show happen, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, and of course, Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game, Go to TomahawkShades.com right now. Get your sunglasses, your blue light glasses, uh, prescription lenses, and everything in between. TomahawkShades.com. And when you go to checkout, use code USP for 25% off your entire order at TomahawkShades.com. Kenwood Beer. Go to KenwoodBeer.com and use that all-new and improved Kenny tracker to see who's got Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. you got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. And our friends over at Bino, Matt, they just released a brand new board. It's called the Gila Monster. It is, uh, it's like a sand board instead of turf. Uh, that is now available at BinoBoard.com as well as a bunch of different boards, accessories, merch, and apparel. Uh, and when you go to check out at BinoBoard.com, use code BinoUSP for 10% off your order from our pals over at Bino. What's going on, Matt? Living the dream. We got, uh... 10,000 wins under our belts as the Philadelphia Phillies get win number 10,000 and then just add on to the loss column today as we record on Wednesday, losing one nothing to the Cincinnati Reds. But they do win the series, uh, and they go 3-3 three and three on this road trip before coming home for what should be a very successful homestand coming up. But 10,000 wins, they're the ninth team in baseball to uh, hit that mark and... I think the amount of noise that we made about the Phillies losing 10,000 games because they were the first team to do it. Let's not forget, though, they've been around since 1883. It was inevitable that they were going to be one of the first, if not the first, to lose 10K. But for them to win 10K, I don't think got enough pomp and circumstance. No, because it's always more fun to dunk than it is to uh, than it is to praise. But it's like the take a penny, leave a penny thing, you know? Like, 
we uh we th- we we take the nice wins and then we take the very uncomfortable losses so and uh the Phillies continue to just get injured in Cincinnati as uh Brandon Marsh looks like he might be headed to the injured list as well which <sighs> all the more reason makes me just question why we didn't go get one more bat at the trade deadline um because the fact that we've had to play Nick Maton in left field now that Kyle Schwarber's been out um it's been tough and they might need to just go uh search that you know free agency waiver wire and try to find an outfield bat to kind of just weather this storm but uh two out of three in Cincinnati still not bad and I think the biggest development from this series is Ranger Suarez looks like he's turning into uh a number three pitcher in the postseason he's like the anti-met uh where he gets stronger as the season goes on and he's great in uh late August into September because that's uh, where he did his his best work last season and really convinced us all that he was going to be like this really special player this year. But uh, great performance today. Couldn't get him a win though, uh, which sucks. Um, for the last seven games, Phillies have been shut out. So tough. They have faced some tough pitching during that stretch, but still, um, for a team that's trying to surge the way that they are, that's not a. Those are not the type of performances you want. I mean, you you give up one run to the Reds you should be beating the Reds yes. uh, with that type of performance just to be frank they're, they're just not a very good team so um yeah that's that's very frustrating on that end but it's also like you, you said injury focused too like you know you obviously haven't had Bryce um I've had Schwarber you know Marsh goes down and uh, you know you're kind of cycling through guys now and I think that's that's where the difficulty comes um this team certainly has some depth but I think a lot of teams would struggle for some consistency batting wise uh, with, with everything going on uh, there. But even still, I, you know, it's a, bu- it's like a little bit of a bump and, you know, most of their struggles were against the Mets mm-hmm. who we have not played well at any point this season uh, under Girardi or <laughs> either. Those were, those were tough times, but I just think, you know, we know what this team is, which is a team that is still hurtling towards the playoffs. Um, does not fill you with a ton of confidence going into the Mets series this weekend, though. I'll say that much. <laughs> I'm not a big positive, uh, though. No Scherzer, no Degrom this weekend. Right. That's that helps. That helps. Um, doesn't help that everyone else still seems to be able to get one over on us. I don't know. We just do not play the Mets well. Yeah. Luckily, this is the last series against the Mets this season uh, until the postseason, when we'll probably have to end up playing them because that's what it's looking <laughs> like right now. Um, but I also think our bats get a little bit of a boost against the Mets at Citizens Bank Park as opposed to having to play them at City Field, which is nice. Um, but people are talking about Ranger Suarez being a potential uh, gold glove winner, which if you told us that in May, we would have looked at you and slapped you across the face and called you silly. Ranger Suarez now, over the past, what, like two months, I'd say now, has looked the part at the very least. Yeah, he's he's definitely looked. He had like a, a very rough two months, you know, to to start the season, and some of those two like weren't helped by the fact that his team interior defending is bad, and uh, you know he's kind of like a a contact pitcher, right? Like, so that hasn't been uh, the most advantageous matchup for him in a lot of ways. But we've seen him just you know work his way through lineups a lot better, I think, or like you you mentioned over the last uh, few months and um, growing in confidence. So I think that's that's a big part of it as well, but. Maybe he, again, is just our second half of the season guy going forward. Uh, I would take that because it's like getting, you know, a third starter, <laughs> you know, for, for kind of uh, for free, you know, in, in your last two months. 
and Syndergaard has looked great in in his two starts. Um, I yeah, I feel like people have been like really negative yes. about him, and I don't understand it because he's looked good. The Phillies have won both games, like, and they've been good. Perform- like, it's not like he's gotten shelled and he's gotten right. lucky. He's given up hits, but he hasn't given up runs. And <laughs> I'll take that every single day of the week. And I think a lot of people forget, like, Noah Syndergaard's not 25-year-old Noah Syndergaard anymore. He's right. not throwing 102 miles an hour past you. And he talked about this after uh, the game he pitched against the Reds where, you know, he, he's never felt more confident on the mound since working with Caleb Cotham. And I think one of the things, too, is, like, his fastball, when he was throwing, you know, 100 miles an hour, you could get away with making a small mistake there. When you're pitching your fastball at 94 miles an hour, you got to be more creative and you got to incorporate more of that off-speed stuff, which I think Caleb Cotham's been doing with Syndergaard. He's been doing it with Kyle Gibson, and he's done it with Ranger Suarez, and it's been working very, very well with that slider. And Syndergaard's been great, and I think to have that, option of having I think across the board like five guys you'd feel right now pretty comfortable throwing into a postseason game that's something the Phillies have not had since 2011 yeah I just I feel like people have been really negative about Syndergaard and I'm just left scratching my head a lot about that because I think he's been good (laughs) he's certainly certainly been everything that we asked for which is hey be like a good third or fourth starter for us which he had he threw 16 balls the other night like that was it he's just he's good (laughs) He's <laughs> I don't know. He's a good pitcher. Yeah, you're not bringing him in here to be like, you know, your ace. You're bringing him in here to be that number 3, that number 4, and he's doing just that if not a little more. Um and, you know, what do, what do you think Ken Rosenthal's thinking right now though? Since May 31st, firing Joe Girardi wasn't going to fix the Phillies, but looking at it now August 17th. Hey Ken. I'm, I'm going to give Ken the benefit of the doubt. That's that's what I'll do. I'll give Ken Rosenthal the benefit of the doubt, and also say that if I reading, if thinking back to May thirty first, I probably would have agreed. <laughs> the Phillies on May thirty first, Matt, were on pace to win sixty eight games this year. Now we're on pace to win ninety. Nice. And the I think the win pace post Girardi was what like a hundred and one. Yeah, that's the kind of uh, pace we've been on. So. It's all good. You know, I, again, I think people have been really have highlighted the negatives over the last week um, and so much of that was focused on the Mets series. And that is frustrating. And I think when you talk about playoffs, is it a concern for this team? Um, but I'll be, I mean, truly, I'll be happy to have a playoff series. Yes. <laughs> like, um, and, and we'll see what changes, see what happens. You know, because also we haven't, we haven't faced them. Under new management with Bryce. That's my Correct. new qualifier. There we go. That's my new qualifier now. It's no longer we haven't faced him with Rob Thompson. We haven't faced him with Rob Thompson and, and Bryce, Bryce Harper. Harper. So, you know, until then, it's kind of it's, it's anyone's game. Yeah, for sure. Um, MLB did announce the postseason schedule for this year. Uh, wild card weekend, October 7th, 8th, and 9th. Mark your calendars. You know, I think I got I got a lot of weddings this October. I know. So uh, you and me both. <laughs> I think uh, I think we're gonna oof. <laughs> we got some. Might have some apologies to write. You know. <laughs> I'm kidding. The but, uh, uh, might be. Are you know, we? Might be, <laughs> well, might be peeking down the phone. <laughs> might bring in a roll in a TV, a nice little hand truck. Um, I mean, it's also exciting from the fact that. 
the Marlins are helping the Phillies right now. Yeah, bizarre world we live in. They have uh, taken a series from the Padres, and hashtag thank you Miami. <laughs> I, we I tweeted that from the the underground account under the Marlins' first win when Sandy Alcantara uh, pitched for them against the Padres, and somebody commented, uh, "It should be thank you Sandy. He's the reason that they won the game." Uh, but the Phillies still sitting uh, in that number two wild card spot by a game. And uh, can't be mad about it. No, you cannot. Which is, um, I mean, you, you're getting close to September. When when can you really start to believe it? When does it stop being like hands getting a little sweaty talking about this? You know, and it's like, all right. Last time we felt this way was four years ago. Yeah. The first year with Kapler until the September collapse happened. And that's that's. Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week. And it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. Haven't had a September collapse under Rob Thompson. <laughs> no. That's a qualifier. And not with Bryce Harper. Exactly. Um, but, I mean, the the upcoming schedule, Matt, looks, on paper, very appetizing. Yeah, once you get past this Mets series. You're you have in, four uh, against the Mets, Mets, four against the Reds, three against the Pirates, and then you go on the road for six to take on Arizona and the Giants. Yeah, and you have the chance, I mean, Arizona not so much, but the Giants are. Kind of a wild card contender. Mm-hmm. You have a chance to kind of uh, you know put some distance between ourselves and them, which would be uh, which would be nice. And then following that Giants series, six game homestand against Miami and Washington. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, that that could be a, a really pivotal what like three weeks. Mm-hmm. You know where this team kind of solidifies their ground in the wild card, and you know we could be going into the the second half of September. You know, in a much more comfortable position. In terms of uh, playoff odds and and percentages, but right now, still got a lot of baseball left. I'm not, you know, that old saying about counting counting eggs, chickens, chicks, fanatics. whatever, <laughs> fanatics, <laughs> Galapagos crew members before they hatch. Um, also, big takeaway from this Red series: Nick Castellanos looks like he's uh, getting kind of into a groove. Yeah, and it's you know you bring him back to Cincinnati and get him a little skyline <laughs> chili into him and. I've, I've tried Skyline Chili before in my life. It's all right. <laughs> That's my verdict. Uh, also, uh, Mama Cassianos tweeting out today, 12 years ago on this day, Nick signed his first contract with the Tigers. Um, I mean, he's he's finding it's not for power per se. Obviously, he hit the home run the other night, but he's he's hitting the ball, which is a positive. And, like, I'd much rather have him start to get hot now and down the stretch 
than him kind of going cold during this time, especially with Schwarber and Bryce out. If he's starting to find his spots and can kind of be a little bit more disciplined because everybody knows the the spots around the plate where he's swinging and missing, and it's that outside pitch down low. If he can just kind of lay off of that, everywhere else he's kind of finding his spots and putting the ball in play. Yeah, and uh, ever since the Jim Salisbury incident, he's uh, <laughs> he's been a better – so maybe, you know, maybe Jim Salisbury knew what he was doing. Maybe it was like a 4D chess move this entire time where we just needed to, to, to take a seat and, and realize the magic that we're working with. And who would have thought that we'd have the best catcher in baseball and the best backup catcher in baseball? Because I think it needs to be said, even though it's been said a few times now, the move of Garrett Stubbs this offseason was one of the best moves Dave Dombrowski has made, potentially in his career. Yeah, I think... Garrett Stubbs should be the answer for anyone upset about Logan Ohapi, um, in that Stubbs is good. There's no pathway for really either of them to be the start of a JT here, um, and there's just no... I don't think there could be too many arguments about Stubbs' ability. I mean, we've talked about this. This has been a storyline all season, too, that he's filled in very well, uh, you know, whenever JT hasn't gone in. JT, quietly, too, has also had a lot more rest. Yes. Um, you know, in the, in the last two months. Uh, you know, which I, I think has helped his performance uh, because he's a guy obviously with tons of tons of innings on his body. So quietly, I think he's he's gotten arrested quite a bit. I think he already has like he has like nine days of rest since the start of July, and he had like five leading into like already. You know, he's just gotten a, a lot more time uh, to kind of uh, to those were of course Canada government mandated, but <laughs> just a little bit of money there, just a little. <laughs> Um, and I mean, he's going to need it because JT's playing in the World Baseball Classic. Bryce is playing in the World Baseball Classic. Team USA is looking a little nice right now, Matt. Yeah, I feel like in the past, Team USA did not go this hard for this. Am I, like, wrong? I, I yeah. don't ever remember. There's been stars, but not, like, I feel like this year. Feels like Dream Team in the 90s type of thing yes. where it's, like, kind of tired of losing. So Because <laughs> right now confirmed, it's JT Real Muto. Bryce Harper, Mike Trout is the team captain. You have Nolan Arenado playing, Trevor Story playing. It's a pretty good squad right now. I could, I could see it. It's a pretty good. I mean, you're gonna have to compete with the Puerto Ricos of the world. The Dominican Republic is always a force. Um, the Netherlands always puts up a squad, and you know, there's there's teams that are bringing in guys who aren't necessarily playing in Major League Baseball all year round, but they're playing in their native country so it's kind of interesting to see how hard that they have uh you know kind of got it would also be pretty cool if david robertson went back and played that would be pretty sick because the the last world baseball classic was the the big moment was you know adam jones robbing manny machado with that unbelievable catch in center field and that's when team usa won the first world baseball classic that they had ever won but yeah it, it definitely feels like there's been a lot more recruiting in terms of just trying to get as many stars as possible to play. Paul Goldschmidt as well. Goldie confirmed. Pete Alonzo. Ugh, we're losing. <sighs> we're losing. Unless he's the DH. That's the only way. Well, I mean, that's the only way because Goldie's playing first base. <laughs> Disgusting. Disgusting. Has him listed as first base on here. I don't know what... uh. I don't know what the deal, I don't know what the plan is for how they're uh, they're making making that work. 
Mike Trout just doing the the Uber recruiting. How about yeah? How about we just get everybody? <laughs> Bryce just talks talks some shop. With everyone hit him with a go birds a little bit make there. It, make it work. Make it happen. Um, roll baseball classic gonna be a lot of fun. I love when that rolls around. Um, pretty much it's like every four years, but it's opposite of uh, Olympic years. It's like the odd years that it it takes place. So, um. Phil's, though, right now, let's take a look at the NL East run differential brought to you by our pals over at Pickup, who promoted the show tonight, so shout-out to them. Uh, you guys can go to playpickup.com, start playing the hottest headlines in sports, including the season-long NL East run differential prop that we have up there. Uh, rack up points on your fan profiles, cash them in for prizes on the Pickup Marketplace. That's playpickup.com. Matt, the New York Mets still somehow in first place at 75-42, leading the way with a plus-116 run differential. The Atlanta Braves, three and a half games back of the Mets after their successful series against them in Atlanta, uh, sitting at 72-46 and with a plus-114 run differential, slowly creeping up on the Mets in the run differential department. The Phils at 65-52, and 10 games back in the Mets. At a plus 74 run differential. The Miami Marlins at 52 and 65 with a minus 43 run differential. And that stolen franchise, Washington Nationals, 39 and 80 on the season with a negative 212 run differential. That is brutal. I mean, (laughs) that's. The Dodgers leading all of baseball with a plus 250 run differential this season. Um, I did see, speaking of the, the Nationals there, I saw a stat that is quite interesting in terms of uh, the worst records in baseball since July 9th. Okay, well, I I was looking for worst ever uh, oh, okay. regular season records. Um, would you like to know who has the worst ever, worst by winning percentage? It's got to be the Phils. Philadelphia Athletics in the year 1916, 36 and 117. <laughs> Boy, that hurts. That's we have uh, two of the top five. We also, in 1919, the post World War I era was not great for our Phillies. Um, 1919, Phillies went 36 and 104. Oh. That's tough. That's tough. The, uh, let me find this. Phillies actually have a lot of these. The Phillies are like four of the top ten worst ever uh, seasons, and what uh, six of the fifteen? The Phillies are on the top twenty-five list maybe ten times. I mean, <laughs> I know we've lost a lot, but Dan, this is really driving it home. The worst in the modern era was the Tigers in two thousand three, forty-three and one nineteen. Um, and you have to go to the Orioles in two thousand eighteen, who are forty-seven and one fifteen. The Tigers again in 2019 were 47 and 114. So I don't know if the Nats will end up as one of the worst ever, which is a bummer. I don't know if they make this list in, in a really high place. Um, it, you know, it'd be nice. It'd be nice if they just lost the rest of their season, though. That would be pretty it'd be crazy. very nice for the Phillies, to tell you that much. Very nice. Um, I want to find this tweet because it's the, the worst records this season since July 9th. Um, and it's like one of those situations where like one of these things is not like the other. Um, the 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 worst team, 1916 Philadelphia Athletics, had a negative 329 run differential. Whew. So 
That's tough. But hey, their Pythagorean expectation was uh, 41 wins. You know, so they were like, <laughs> they were right there. <laughs> oh man, the uh, where is this at? Their longest losing streak that season was 20 games. Can you imagine that stretch? Not at all. You know what I love about this too is how the hell were people keeping records of this stuff? <laughs> I just think about that all the time with like old. I mean, Christ. I don't want to think about twenty straight losses. That's like being a Pirates fan. It was uh, it was in the month of August, from July twenty first, nineteen sixteen, to Tuesday, August eighth, nineteen sixteen. Phillies were just dropping them, dropping That's games. That's tough, man. Now I'm gonna have to look up who's on that roster to see uh, to see some good uh, turn of the century names because that's uh, I think. Yeah, I think that was the same year as those New Jersey Shark Attacks. So, <laughs> the ones that inspired Jaws. So, there you go. Man. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a tough go for uh, the old Yankees as well. Uh, the manager that year was Connie Mack. There we go. Very nice. Um, who do we got? Stuffy McInnes. I'm not making that up. Uh, Nap Lejeau. Whitey Witt. <laughs> Amos Strunk. Rube Oldring. Not to be confused with Rube Goldberg. Otis Lowry. Uh, Roy Grover. Red Lanning. That is such a... Buck Thrasher. <laughs> Shag Thompson. Moxie Davis. Elmer Myers. Bullet Joe Bush. Christ. Oh, man. I do have a... Uh... A member of the Sock Sabled, uh, Cap Crowell. Top bins, top tier commentary. Top drawer, upper 90. You already down. know. <laughs> you it's already know. I think that's how it we always went, goes like, in three minutes. And we were at like Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I'm Matt Kessler. And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Bins time. What's up? We're back. I do have a name here from uh Hey Bullojo Bush had two fifty seven ERA that year. It wasn't his fault. So uh He had a he had a two point seven five fit. It's not bad. Tell you what, Bullojo Wash could fucking throw. <laughs> The uh, the f- one of the fun Phillies Twitter things Ray Dunn 
uh, on Twitter at Ray Dunn BTB. He always tweets out like, you know, Philly's home run uh, records and stuff like that and how far behind and where guys are ranking now. So he tweeted this after last night's game. Reese Hoskins is now seven home runs behind Mike Lieberthal and Scott Rowland on the Phillies all-time list. Uh, Nick Castellanos has tied Ty Wigginton and Duff Cooley on that list. And here's the best one. Derek Hall has tied Jeff Jenkins. And I kid you not, this is somebody's name. Schoolboy Rowe. <laughs> Holy shit. Schoolboy Rowe. And I, I had to look it up to see if that was his actual name. That is indeed his nickname. Um, but Schoolboy Rowe played for the Phillies. Uh in the latter stages of his career, uh, Linwood Thomas, schoolboy row. You know what? I like it. Played for the Phillies in 1943 and then 1946 and 1949. You know what? I'm looking up Bullet Joe Johnson. <laughs> we need, we need, we could use need a Bullet Joe. A, Bullet Joe Bush, I'm sorry, not Johnson. Uh, peak of his career. He's a five point. In the 1916 season, he had a 5.5 war. We were we, we he was the Otani of his time. <laughs> Man. Yeah, we need we need Bullet Joe Bush back. That's what we need. Put him on the wall of fame. He had a long ass career through he, he played for sixteen years. God damn. I, that's a long time now. Yeah. Back then that's it's, unheard Jesus. of. People didn't live to sixteen back then. Damn. And what years did he have? So he uh from 1912, 1912 to 1917, he was a Philly. Um, then returned for his final season in 1928. So he's a guy. He he should be on the Wall of Fame. He came back to finish his career. He finished his career. He was getting paid. Tell you what, he's getting paid six grand in 1928. That's not half bad. That is not bad at all. I'll tell you what, the Yankees though were paying him twelve thousand five hundred in the early twenties. So boy, he was making it. That's because the Yankees were probably slinging alcohol under. Underneath uh, Yankee that's Stadium. That's exactly how they made their money. George Steinbrenner and company. Yeah. Good grief. The Yankees have been at, uh, having some tough goes, Matt. They are, uh, I think it's 11-22 and 22 since July 9th. Yikes. Tough. You hate, hate to see you it. You hate to see it. They're in the same category as uh, the Nationals, the, the, the Marlins, the Padres, I think, are also in there. Yeah, what happened to our Padres, man? Hey. Fernando Tatis, baby. And you know what? Uh, heal that the, ringworm. The um, I think his teammates' comments are very telling. Telling. It's like, yikes. Like, no defense at all. Like, yeah, he's got to get smarter and grow up. Like, holy shit. Yes. <laughs> Clevenger came out and said something. When Mike uh, Clevenger whoo! is, like, fathering you, you know? Like, I'm just disappointed. You know? Like, that's, that's when. That's tough. You gotta really. I think you gotta. Mike Clevenger is somebody who would run in the the mystery gang. Yeah, like you gotta, you gotta sharp enough if Mike Clevenger's on your case. You know, it was Clevenger. I think Manny Machado said something about it. I think the GM came out and said like he was disappointed in in his actions. Like that's tough for a guy that was kind of being heralded as like you know, the next coming. Yeah, that's uh, that is tough. It's now officially Juan Soto's Padres. Hasn't it? Hasn't it been? <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> oh man, but uh, I mean, Phil's just got to get healthy. Looks like Schwarber's going to DH this weekend, which is good. Um, I think starting Friday is when they plan to have him DH against the Mets. 
best case scenario, you just got to split against them. I would say that would, that's kind of what my mindset is going in against the Mets with the current state of the Phillies. Try to pull split in a four game set. I mean, if you can take three out of four, that'd be great. But if you can pull the split there, I think that's a successful, uh, four game stand against the Mets. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think again, yeah. Splitting against the Mets would be, be all right. The, uh, the NBA schedule was released onto our heads today, Matt, and the Sixers are in the spotlight. 34 nationally televised games. I believe it's 11 on NBA TV. And they kick off the season against the Boston Celtics on opening night. It's just nothing ever changes. <laughs> we are just doing the same thing, living same the same life and over and over again. Thumbing through the schedule, I don't know if it's because we're not in the midst of the season. You just feel like a hard-ass schedule, or is yes. it just me? I feel like every game I'm looking at, I'm like, damn, that's kind of a tough game. Everyone was <laughs> talking about, you know, the nationally televised games and stuff, and I was just, you know, scrolling through, and the first thing that stood out to me was how much, because the Sixers color-coded their schedule, red for away games, blue for home on Twitter. The amount of red on the March calendar is alarming. And it's a lot te- of games. Tough teams. It's not. You tough got, teams. You got heat. Boston, Milwaukee, Indiana, Minnesota. Uh, Then you got, later in the month, you got the Warriors, Suns, Nuggets, Mavs, Raptors, the closeout march. And then into April, it's Bucks, Celtics, Heat, Hawks, Nets. That's like three weeks of the Sixers season. 17 games in the month of March. And over half of those games that I just mentioned, closeout March and April are are away. And then, yeah, March is a a heavy travel 12 road games in March. I'll tell you this, with a number of very odd back-to-back, and I to kick off the month of March, five games in seven days on the road against the Heat, the Mavericks, the Bucks, the Pacers, and the Timberwolves. Well, you know what? Maybe this is our tampering fine. Maybe. <laughs> also, the month of January. I think we've suffered enough, I think. Yeah, the month of December, uh, two-game road trip back-to-back, December 30th and 31st. Uh, in New Orleans, and then in Oklahoma City. Can we stop making New Year's Eve, like, trying making that a thing? Ugh. We don't need to make it a I thing. Saw, the, the Thunder We've taken over, today. like, every other holiday, yeah. except for, like, Easter. But even Easter, you get, like, golf. Yeah. It's like, can we just stop having to make every holiday dominated by sports? <laughs> we don't have to do this. Well, the, the thing that caught my eye initially was when uh, – James Wojnarowski, a.k.a. James Harden, broke the news. Sixers are playing on Christmas this year, Matt. Harden at the Garden on Christmas. Um, We get the early 12 o'clock p.m. start on Christmas. Which is the best. Which uh, we've been been away from the Christmas games the last couple of years, which has been nice. Our our holiday was kind of just stress-free. Yeah. But now, uh, not only do we have... Harden at the Garden on Christmas. The day before is Eagles-Cowboys. Yikes. It's going to be a uh, a wonderful Christmas time with Philadelphia. Oh, what December. was that? Sorry, I'm reading the baseball reference page for Wally Shang. <laughs> That's going to be an episode we do. It's just compiling the best old dude, school baseball This dude, games. Wally played for 19 years. Jeez, zoo. 
We're going to compile to top shit. 10 best baseball names of, oh like, pre-1940. The Gilded Age. Best names. <laughs> Man, this shit is tough. That is tough. Didn't make the Hall of Fame. Tragic. Get him in. Um, Wally Shang. He was... He was, he was hard done by. I do have to ask now, too, because LeBron James signed his extension today. Yeah. And uh, I think it was Tim Bontemps tweeted it out. LeBron taking less money is going to give the Lakers flexibility to retool. And he compared it to James Harden. I'm going to need the NBA to go and investigate the Los Angeles Lakers now. Because if it's in the same threshold as James Harden taking less money for the Sixers to retool, what's the difference? That's a great question. I'm going to have to tell you this. Adam Silver does not care. It's I've sad news to report. Buck Thrasher did not have a long baseball career. He That's played, unfortunate. He played two years. Did he go to war? Uh, 1917 was his last year, so uh-huh. likely no. Maybe he was in the movie. Maybe. This is when people, you should, you should just buy players. Yeah. August 1916, purchased by the Philadelphia Athletics from Atlanta for 2,000 plus players to be named. <laughs> Unreal. That's like an entire era of players. Yes. You're forfeiting like the entire 1920s there. Buck Thrasher. Good grief. Um. But yeah, I mean, Sixers, they're ready to hurt us again. Um. Sixers adjacent, though. I was uh, scrolling and perusing Instagram the other night, Matt. I saw something that uh, just made my made my heart smile and made me uh, a very happy happy camper for one of our guys. Mike Scott was back in the gym. Good for Mike Scott. Good to see that. It was uh, the NBA felt like it was missing something last year without Mike Scott being out on the court. Um, looked good. Looked in shape. He was rocking a. Dennis Rodman Bulls jersey after his session. So hopefully Mike gets uh, back into the league. That'd be awesome to see. Um, but it was cool seeing him uh, working out back in the gym. I'm sorry. I'm just in Connie baseball Mack. reference. Connie Mack. How long did he coach in Philly for? It was a while. Like a long, I mean, you got the stadium named after him. <laughs> We all know the traditional Big Four sports and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey? Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. years good grief he coached a lifetime i kept i was looking at his managerial stats. it just kept scrolling the page i did not realize he was around that long holy christ makes sense why the stadium was named after him if 3582 wins as a a philadelphia manager he's like a third of the phillies wins (laughs) all time belong to connie mack (laughs) from 
1894 he coached to 1950. That is insane. That is absolutely insane. Unreal stuff. This dude was born during the Civil War and managed professional baseball till 1950. TV was around. Now, I do want to say, I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, Connie Mack was the uh, manager portrayed in the movie 42, uh, directing uh, racial slurs to one Jackie Robinson. Well... That's tough. You know, I'm not going to co-sign any of that. (laughs) But it is something. It is an impressive run. Yes. Don't know if any other coach will ever hit that threshold ever again. No. I mean, Greg Popovich is working on it. He's getting close, but even then. That is uh, another part of the Sixers' uh, schedule. The Brett Brown return game is in the first week of the season. Great to have him back. (laughs) He is back with the Spurs. Um, When the NBA schedule comes out, I'm just like, I'm not mentally prepared for basketball yet. No, it's way too... I mean, we haven't even gotten to football yet. You get to... Uh, I'm not even mentally prepared for football. Yeah, you know, and you start thinking about, you know, basketball being back. You start thinking about some colder weather, you know, trucking through the parking lot. When it's like 30 degrees out, you're just trying to get in the building. Not, not looking forward to those uh, Not looking forward to those times I'll say at that. all. Um, but, you know. Sixers schedules out, so start uh, marking your calendars. In a better place mentally with the Sixers yes. this, this season than last season. But still not great. Still not great. But certainly better than this time last year. That's very true. Also love that, uh, you know, known clutch represented NBA insider Sean Strania came out and said that the Rick Buecher, uh Ben Simmons left the chat story. It's a great story, but it was not true. The best stories are actually just completely made up. The Rick Buecher uh, Book of Fantasy, brought to you by NBA insiders everywhere. Um, so that was unfortunate. And then uh, I was going through Instagram again. Ben Simmons wishing his uh, ex fiance slash still fiance a happy birthday. And very interesting stuff going on with uh, the former number 25 that's already been given away, which I think is also very hilarious. I say nothing. I'm, you know what? That person doesn't exist to me anymore. That's now, the way I feel. Also, everyone trying to speculate that 34 nationally televised games opening night against the Celtics is just uh, the the Kevin Durant propaganda hype train. <laughs> just might be. Just might be. Uh, Adam Silver said, we're going to get KD on opening night one way or another. Um with the Sixers and, and Celtics being the opening night matchup, and then the Sixers get Milwaukee in the first uh, week of the season as well. But like you said, it looks like a tough schedule. Like it's it's not a uh, it's not a walk in the park. That's for certain. Um, it looks like kind of the opposite of last year, where the front end of the season this year looks like a much lighter schedule, and then the back half is going to be the grueling, daunting part of it. Also. Nuggets fans are also in mid-season form, Matt. Oh, of course they are. I don't know if you you peep this. Um, I got to pull this up because when I saw this pop up 
on my timeline, I was flabbergasted to say the least. Uh, this comes from one Harrison Wind on Twitter. He uh, he hosts the DNVR Nuggets podcast with DNVR Sports for Denver. When Shams tweeted out the opening night schedule of Sixers at Celtics and then Lakers at Warriors, Harrison Wind quote tweeted Shams' tweet, and my man got cooked on Twitter with the ratio. Uh, 76ers playing on opening night and Christmas Day. The campaign for the pity MVP is full steam ahead. <laughs> Christ on my... Aren't the Nuggets playing on Christmas Day? Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Can it you... must be... You know what, though? And I'll say this. We're very generous letting all these people live rent-free. You know, like... I couldn't even imagine that being the first thought to pop in my head when I saw an opening night schedule. <laughs> Like how was that? How was that where you reacted? That you're looking at another I can't be bothered to even look that hard at my own team schedule. Right. And you're looking at some other teams. On a different coast, different like, different conference. Two different time zones. Different oh, altitudes. Yeah, it's a mile high. Don't forget that. They'll never let, let you forget you, that. No. Never let you forget that. Uh I'm gonna have you guess the ratio. I'm gonna say 21 retweets and 217 quote retweets. Very close on the quote retweets. 39 regular retweets, okay. 932 likes, Okay. 210 quote tweets. Yeah, the likes are for, uh, saved for later. Yes. You know, it's like, I'm, I just want to keep this so I can look at the mess that you've made for yourself later. Good for him. The, the likes are, are for the people that, uh, don't know that the bookmark exists. The bookmark, I bookmark things that I don't want anyone on my timeline to know yes. that I'm liking. So it's either like maybe something controversial that I'm like, hey, yeah, maybe people don't need to know that I'm like reading about this, or just like a big thread of something. And it's like bookmarks are where I save the me. reaction videos. But yeah, bookmarks to me too are like something like I'll save things to bookmarks that I know that I'm returning to yes. because it's easier to find in there because I bookmark so many less things. Rather than my likes, which are just like, you know, like a funny cat video. Yeah, I mean, I gotta gotta like that. The uh, the other team in town doing the damn thing, Philadelphia Union, get back on track. They are feels uh, good in action tonight, I believe. Yes, and uh, they're rocking the best damn uniforms in the MLS. The, the light blue lightning bolt jersey just continues to look true crowd pleaser. Still tied for second in points in all of MLS. Top of the table in the East. Looking good. Just speaking of playoffs, that's that's where our boys are headed. Um, it's going to start turning towards that conversation soon as we turn into the, the early fall. So, looking forward to it. Played Dallas tonight. They did a really nice that like meme where it's like they have like the four panel picture and it's like click on the pictures for surprise. I Each love one that. was just Dallas sucks. Uh, <laughs> it's like borderline on the pictures. So I love that new trend. It is funny. It's it a is, good one. It is a good uh some clever reinvention of the open for surprise. Clever stuff there. So yeah, good for our union. Looking nice. The uh see LAFC played DC United last night. The union absolutely trolled the hell out of them as well. It did. It said only one goal. Yeah. Well pfft. Some teams, some teams score quite a bit more than that against DC. So maybe get on that. Got to get it together. 
Um, Dallas is pretty solid this year, right? Uh, they're an okay team. Yeah. Nothing, uh, nothing like special, but um, you know they're they're near the top of the uh, the Western Conference. But uh, I think a team that the Union should be able to to contend with at the very least. But all right, last regular season game for the Union is uh, an intriguing one for you and Dom playing Toronto. Oh yeah, we got the Italian connection. I don't know if you've seen this. Um, Federico Bernardeschi, who's uh, played for Juventus, has become like a meme where after each game he has like i don't know if he's paying this camera to follow him and he speaks into it and he just kind of talks about his like thoughts on the game it's like these 40 second clips where he's going on he's talking like andiamo like he's just like half of it is italian half of it is just like very vague english statements um and he's just loving it <laughs> he's just he's just having a great time good for good for bernadeschi just uh just really hamming it up in toronto you got that. You got Lorenzo Insigne over there as well with his uh, his Drake styled fashion. Yeah, it hasn't helped much because um, they're, they're looking like they might miss the playoffs still. So that's that's <laughs> tough. That's tough. I mean, it's it's a tight race for playoffs there, but you know they're gonna have to uh, t- to turn it around a little bit. Can't all be run by Jim Curtin. What can we say? That's true. Best of the best. Um, yeah, looking forward to uh, just more Union success as the season continues to. Uh, roll towards the playoffs and hopefully LA just, you know, somehow finds a way to lose a little bit and you get the supporter show again. That would be nice. Be nice. Be nice to have that back. Um, top bins coming up after this. So stay tuned for that. If you're watching live, uh, wild week in the premier league. (laughs) I've had better weeks. (laughs) Said that much. The Uh, handshake heard around the world. The handshake heard around the world. Yeah. The, uh, the soccer version of, uh, Harbaugh and Schwartz. Going at it. <laughs> Loved it. Loved every second, actually. And then, uh, obviously, the Eagles preseason rolls on later on this weekend. A, a weird Sunday preseason game. That's so bizarre. Very I thought weird. that was illegal. Didn't think that was possible. I thought it had to be Thursday or Saturday. Um, but the Eagles play most controversial team in the NFL right now, the Cleveland Browns, on Sunday. New Eagles enemies episode will drop this weekend. Very Awesome one with a brand new uh, guest, so you'll see that on the YouTube channel and in your podcast feeds coming up this weekend. Um, preseason doesn't do much for me, like we said last week, but Jalen Hurts looked very good against the Jets. Went six for six, 81 yards, touchdown, and uh, obviously the big news with the Eagles, they're free. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, no longer an Eagle. He gets traded to Seattle, which whoever is the Seattle Seahawks, uh, video content curator or social media man, whoever it is, they deserve the biggest raise in the entire world. Did you see? I just the saw your tweet video? and was looking at it. Half of these are preseason games. Yes, <laughs> like, if not all but I'm, one. I'm, like look at like a large majority of those clips. They made are, JJ Ortega Whiteside look like an All Pro. Tough. Good for them. Unbelievable. JJ and uh, DK reunited after uh, being drafted in the same round, a few picks apart. Yikes. <laughs> but apparently, according to Zach Berman, the Eagles were never intending on drafting DK Metcalf. They were deciding between JJ Ortega Whiteside, Matt, and uh, Paris Campbell. Nice. God, that's where our head was at. Is that supposed to make us feel better? No. Because I was 
stunned to think that they were thinking about Paris Campbell. Uh, and then uh, it's looking like a certain Vineland native might be the RB1 in Kansas City. It's, I mean, <laughs> you know what's bizarre is listening to like fantasy football podcasts and hearing like the name of someone that you like you know. are familiar with and it's like that's weird <laughs> that's, like a, that's a weird feeling i was scrolling the fantasy football apps this past weekend and seeing his name on the app was yeah getting like surreal. a sleeper alert about isaiah pacheco was definitely uh Unreal. a good feeling and then for him. having uh eric b enemy this week saying clyde edwards hilaire needs to work on his conditioning not a good sign there Definitely, there are better signs. Pop's coming for that job. He's coming for that job. Um, And then, I mean, you know, say what you will, but you have these big, you know, media outlets, big content creation places like The Ringer, The Fantasy Footballers. I saw an article the other day, uh, I think it was last night, Barstool Sports tweeting about Isaiah Pacheco is kind of wild. Yeah, it is a bizarre feeling, especially, (laughs) you know, you can say he's a seventh-round pick, so typically not a round where guys are like getting any kind of discussion. So um, to even have like training camp buzz, I think is uh, speaks a lot to obviously his talent and how hard he's working too. Cause that's been the thing too, is that he's just he's willing to put in, put in the work and that's, that's a huge part of it. So uh, it's definitely exciting in that regard. Looking and forward to seeing how it develops. Having been around him since, you know, his days at Vineland high school, you know, when I was working for NJ.com. And then since we started the Dan Russo show, which will be coming back officially, uh, confirmed for season five, uh, starting this coming week. So the Dan Russo show will be back at underground sports, Philadelphia. Got that confirmation today. Um, but you know, being around Isaiah and just knowing the type of, you know, person he is and knowing the, the type of work he's willing to put in, he's going to be very successful. And you have Patrick Holmes, you know, talking about him as well is just absolutely crazy. So, uh, you already know we're going to be following Isaiah Pacheco all season long here at underground sports, Philadelphia on this show, on the Dan Russo show and everything in between. So stay tuned for, you know, just updates with the chiefs. When you have Andy Reid calling you a combination of Kareem hunt and LaShawn McCoy, <laughs> it's high, praise. high <laughs> praise. Uh, cause those are two of probably the four best running backs. Andy Reid's ever worked with not named Brian Westbrook and Deuce Staley. Uh, so keep grinding pop. And, um, We'll be back next week uh, talking whatever the hell happens with the Phils against the Mets going into that Red Series. We'll be talking if anything happens with this Sixers alleged investigation. We'll be talking Union, obviously, like we have all summer long. And, uh, you know, getting ready another week closer to Eagles football and violent high school football. Um, so it's a, it's a wild time here at underground sports, Philadelphia. That's why you got to be following us on the socials at underground PHI on Twitter, on Instagram, follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. Follow me at KBIZZL three one one. Check out the website underground sports, Philadelphia.com for all of our written content. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We are there. Leave those five star reviews as well. And, of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel where the Loaded Box podcast should be coming uh, very, very soon to our YouTube channel as well. And uh, our pals over at Trophy Smack, Matt, they are gi- doing a, uh, a giveaway contest, if you will, for a lifetime supply of trophies, belts, everything from Trophy Smack. So go check that out as well. Uh, they will be the presenting sponsor for the Loaded Box podcast this season. 
and of course, just subscribe to the YouTube channel so you get full video episodes of your favorite Underground Sports Philadelphia podcasts. Smash that like button, ring the bell icon, and comment down below your thoughts on the fills, the union, football season being around the corner, and everything else in between. Big thank you to our sponsors who make this show happen. Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. Tomahawk Shades Pickup, Kenwood Beer, and Bino Board. All of their information is linked in the show notes on audio and in the description on YouTube. This has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 456. For Matt, I'm KB. Till next time, we're getting the heck out of here and signing off. Peace. Peace.